We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day podcast. Welcome back to another episode of a Pack-A-Day podcast, wherever you may be and however you may be listening. Thank you so much for making us part of your day, and it's a Wednesday. We're halfway through the week, and uh, unlike last week, no game tomorrow, which, depending on how you look at it, probably a good thing, given how uh, the game went just about a week ago now, uh, but we're not here to talk about that. Uh, my name is Nick Schmitz. I'll be your host for today. we got a very packed show for you. Uh, coming up this week, week number five already, heading into Dallas, only the second road game for the Packers this year. It's been a while since they've been on the road. Week one, all the way back in week one, they went, went to Chicago. So 3-1, and one, not 4-0, and oh, like I'm sure many of us kind of had hoped Green Bay would be at this point after how the season started, but 3-1, and one, come on, let's be real, that's pretty good for most teams in the league at this point. So today we are going to be looking at a we're going to be looking at the Packers defense this week, which struggled last Thursday against the Eagles after a very great start to the first three games of the season. We're going to be looking how they match up against this Dallas offense. And back with me again today, Maggie and Jacob. Guys, how are you doing? Maggie, um, <laughs> Maggie, your husband's got to be feeling pretty good after the Browns just beat down of the Ravens over the weekend. Uh, how's he feeling about the Browns this week? 
Yeah, so we were actually driving back uh, from an Oktoberfest festival in Illinois. Uh, so we listened to that game on the radio, and that was a fun game to listen to. I mean, I'm sure it was probably even more fun to watch, but to just hear, you know, like the Nick Chubb 88, whatever yard run. And it, it like you said, it was a beat down. And I'm kind of surprised that the Browns have so many primetime games already. This will be their third coming up on Monday in five weeks. So pretty impressive for the Brownies. Yeah, well, uh, you know, we'll, you know, that franchise, I know we've talked about it. The, something's good's got to be coming around the corner for him. So exciting for him, exciting for you. I know it probably makes things just that much better in your household when they're winning. <laughs> so, um, well, anyway, let's move into this Packers team, 3-1. and one. So, you know, last week we talked about it and, uh, you know, didn't hit the 4-0 mark like we kind of thought that they would. But nonetheless, I would – I would think that you guys would both agree that th- sitting here at three and one is probably better than what we were thinking coming into the season. And this weekend, it's a tough test against Dallas. And looking at this defense, the first three weeks of the season, they looked, I mean, they were, they were looking and playing like a top 10 defense. And then last Thursday came along, they gave up 34 points, really struggled defensively. Uh, but I, I also, and, and I know it's probably been pointed out. You've probably heard it a million times by by now. But you know, when you look at the 34 points that they gave up o- almost a week ago now, you know, two of those scores were basically handed to that Eagles offense with a fumble and then a long kickoff return. And then you could even argue another seven points coming off of a kickoff that went out of bounds. You're starting at the 40. The defense wasn't necessarily put in the best of situations, uh, you know, last week. But nonetheless, you still got to be able to make plays. They didn't have a single sack last week against the Eagles. That's kind of concerning considering they came into that game leading the entire NFC in sacks. Um, not their best game, but at the same time, I don't want to man overboard on it because it's ultimately, guys, it's just one game, and I think we can all agree upon that. They've played four, three out of the four. They've played really, really well. It might be concerning that uh, three of those four games they played against bad quarterbacks and they happened to step up against uh, Carson Wentz, who's much better than the three they had already played. So, you know, there's still stuff to figure out. It's not man overboard. Let's not go crazy on it. But looking at this Packers defense after four weeks, they're giving up an average of 17 points a game, which is tied for seventh best in the league. They're eighth in total defense. They've given up nine touchdowns through four games, five on the ground, four through the air. They're giving up 330 yards of offense per game, which is tied for 11th in the league with the Rams. They're fourth in passing defense with four interceptions and 12 sacks. This is where it becomes concerning. They're 26th in rush defense, giving up five yards a carry. The league average is 4.3, and they're giving up 142 yards per game. The league average is 109. Um, so, And then you talk about going to Dallas, and the one thing that Dallas is really known for is their offensive line in Ezekiel Elliott. And right now the Cowboys – Uh, They're scoring 27 points a game, which is eighth best in the league. They're seventh in total offense, fifth in passing offense, fourth in rushing offense, and they're tied for third in scoring offense. So everything looks pretty evenly matched up on, on paper between this offense and defense, except for when you get to that 
rushing defense of Green Bay, like I said, which is ranked 26th in the league right now. So, Maggie, I want to start with you. Just give me your initial first thoughts about this game this weekend and Ezekiel Elliott and this offensive line going up against right now what seems to be a very weak Packers run defense. Well, one of the things that I wanted to point out right away when you look at this Packers defense and this Cowboys offense is who this Cowboys offense has gone up against to start the season. So I'm not taking anything away from them. They still are a three and one team. Uh, the Packers are still traveling to Dallas. But, you know, if you look at the Giants defense, the Redskins defense, the Dolphins defense, and even the Saints defense, statistically right now, the Packers are doing better in just about every single category when compared against all four of those teams. So this should be the best defense that Dallas has to face thus far. Uh, You know, the Giants gave up 25th uh, in the league in passing yards. Um, The Redskins are 29th in rushing yards. The Dolphins are 32nd in yards per game and rushing yards per game. Uh, The Saints defense gave up uh, their 20th in the league right now in rushing yards. So while the the Packers numbers don't look great, especially against the run, uh, the Cowboys, I don't necessarily think have had a test like this Packers offense or this Packers defense, especially in the secondary quite yet. So I think that is something that will bode well for the Packers defense and the fact that Dak Prescott is no Carson Wentz. That should also help. Well, it's very true. He's, Although he's probably eventually going to be paid like Carson Wentz, but that's a completely (laughs) different story. Uh, Jacob, I mean, we're talking here. uh, One of the things that was almost, well, not almost, it was incredibly concerning looking at the stat line from the Eagles game. The Eagles actually ran for more yards than they threw uh, in the game. And so, I mean, given that Carson Wentz is better than Dak Prescott, and what what you want to argue what kind of quarterback Dak is is not necessarily the point, but if Carson Wentz doesn't have to throw for more yards than his team can rush for, and Ezekiel Elliott's one of the best running backs in the league, if not the best back, I mean, how concerning is it given that, again, you, you just played a game in which you have a very odd stat line in which an offense ran for more yards than they threw and scored 34 points and won the game? Well, the quote Joe Girardi, former manager of the Yankees, it's, it's not what you want. I mean, obviously, Mike Pettin has given up some potential against the run, some defense against the run in order to stop pass against the Eagles. They still did, I thought, a relatively good job against Carson Wentz in that pack, that uh, Eagles passing offense. The problem was running the ball isn't as significant as it used to be, but you can't give up damn near 200 yards on the ground, if not more than 200 yards on the ground. It's where the Eagles are always starting second and three, second and two, third and one. I mean, it was very easy for them to do it. Now, something about the Eagles that has been pointed out that they can do, but the Cowboys really can't, is that the Eagles can line up in two tight ends with Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard and basically play in a lesser version of what the Patriots used to be able to do with Rob Gronkowski and Aaron Hernandez. So what you can do is play those heavy formations and run the ball if they want, just like that, or play the passing game because they can split those guys out and run spread because they're both move tight ends, but they're also both very good blockers. If Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard were in this offense, I can promise you here in Green Bay that we would not stop talking about that for the first six weeks of the season because Matt LaFleur would be like his chops with being able to use 
tight ends like that instead of having to use Mercedes Lewis in some situations and Jimmy Graham in other situations and having to hide all the ma- mask, all the flaws of those guys. So it's concerning. And then you add in the fact that you mentioned Ezekiel Elliott, maybe the best running back in all football. If he's not the best, he's second behind Saquon Barkley. And I think those are your two arguments for that if you want to go uh, for who the best is. But you add in uh, for, mm, let's see, this is Zeke's fourth year in the league. He's been tormenting me and giving me nightmares for about seven years now. So I've known this this gentleman for a very long time and he always torches the team that I happen to want to win in a given game so the thing about Zeke this week everybody's asking how can you stop him and I say the answer to that question is you cannot stop Zeke Elliott uh, you're going to have to do some things to slow him down and eventually make Dak Prescott beat you on some third and sixes but understand that there are going to be times where Zeke pops off a run for you know 12 14 but you have to keep those runs at a minimum you can't have or keep those runs being the maximum I should say you can't have the Dalvin Cook 75-yard touchdown runs coming from Zeke Elliott because when they do that, they'll just lean on you for the rest of the game. And the Packers, no Devontae Adams. I don't know how much of a shootout you can afford to get into. You're going to have to control this game on defense. So I think that's where it starts. But, again, you're not going to stop Zeke, but you're going to have to slow him down. And I think uh, that's going to start, at minimum at least, playing a little bit more with a second linebacker instead of the hybrid uh, that they've seen the last few weeks. Well, and, you know, you talked about Devontae Adams being out, which is a big blow for the Packers. Two injuries for this Cowboys offense, which are more than likely going to play a major role come Sunday if both of them truly do not play. Uh, Left tackle Tyron Smith uh, hurt his uh, ankle ankle leg against the the Saints on Sunday. Uh, MRI says it's not terrible, but uh, from everything, it sounds like he is not going to play on Sunday. And uh, Jerry Jones, I was saying, I was telling the guys, uh, telling the team here before the show that uh, Jerry Jones says he's not going to rule wide receiver Michael Gallup out just yet for this Sunday. However, I can never make out what Jerry Jones is actually saying, whether it's lip service or whether it's actually true. So uh, who knows? Wide receiver Michael Gallup may not play Sunday, uh, might play, who knows. But nonetheless, Tyron Smith not playing this weekend is uh, huge. As we talked about pre-show here, guys, Jacob, just kind of take us through what does it mean for this Packers uh, defense, run game, pass defense? What does it mean if he does not play Sunday for this Packers defense? So what you're doing is you're taking the, the best left tackle, arguably, in all the football and going to a bad backup. That's the matchup you need to exploit. So that's what you're looking at is trying to get – because, I mean, I mentioned in pre-show it could be – you can argue that – the Dallas offensive line this weekend is Cameron Irving and four all-pro players. All of them are playing very good football to start this season, and that's how they've built their offense. That's what they've built their team around. So what do you do? You find the weak link. Well, the weak link is the backup left tackle who's not very good, and there's a reason he's a backup left tackle. Most backup tackles stink. Uh, that's something that we as Packer fans know all too well from what we've seen in recent years. So I think that's where you got to start. Is start. Mike Patton has that circled on his blackboard. I'm sure he's saying when it comes to passing downs, we're going to test this guy, try and figure out a way to get Zadarius and Preston Smith matched up one-on-one with him, get the blitzers to make him make wrong decisions, all that kind of stuff. That's that's what it's going to mean. In the running game, I mean, I would imagine they're going to spend some time running away from him and running towards Connor Williams and Lyle Collins. We'll see what happens there. But running that direction you got to set the edge you got to stop the run that way but from a passing standpoint if they can stop the run that's the guy that they're going to attack you guys remember tyron smith missed a game against atlanta two years ago and granted the offensive tackle at that time was byron bell who learned since then is quite the turnstile but 
the Packers, or excuse me, the Falcons, Adrian Claiborne had five sacks in that game. He might have given himself a new contract just on that game alone. That's a big loss for Dallas. It's one that I don't think is being discussed a whole lot, but it's a lot of matchups that Patton can exploit. Well, and so, Maggie, when we move to the wide receiver position, Michael Gallup, whether he'll play or not, I mean, what does it mean if he's not playing? We know that Amari Cooper's the top wide receiver. Uh, former Packer Randall Cobb, he's in the mix there. Uh, but, you know, if if he plays versus doesn't play, and obviously it's probably helpful to this Packers defense, one less playmaker to have to worry about. But... Give us a little bit of insight on what Michael Gallup means for this Dallas offense in the passing game. I mean, he really is one of their up-and-coming stars on that offense. I mean, I think he's proven to be a reliable target for Dak Prescott before the injury. He was putting up some really nice yardage. Didn't have a touchdown yet on the season, but of course, when you get injured early in the season, that is part of it. Um, I think that this is definitely going to be the true test for this team is the Packers defense currently, like you mentioned earlier, ranks third in passing yards allowed. And the Cowboys offense ranks fifth on offense and passing yards per game with around 280. So Jair Alexander, like we all expect, will be lining up against Amari Cooper, who already has four touchdowns this season. But then if you look at the Packers secondary, Kevin King is injured and not practicing. Tony Brown left the game last week. Uh, Will Redmond left the game last week. So the secondary is kind of in a little bit of a shuffling uh, right now with who can play and who might be limited going into that game. So depending on the matchups that this Packers defense has, Randall Cobb is someone that could have a sneaky good game in the slot. Uh, Jason Witten has been a reliable option. Um, Dak still has weapons without Michael Gallup, obviously um, with Amari Cooper being the biggest name on the field, but That'll be a really good test for this Packers defense, especially Jair, if he's playing man coverage against Amari Cooper all game. It goes without saying, the less weapons he has, the easier it'll be for this Packers defense. But I think you pointed it out, Dak Prescott has, whether or not he has Michael Gallup, it's, that's not make or break for him. It's not make or break for this passing offense. But ultimately, I think when you're, when you're looking at this Sunday, and I think we can all agree, it's all coming down to the the run defense uh, versus Ezekiel in this offensive line, and I think that's where it all that's where the game hinges, in my opinion. And like Jacob said, you know Ezekiel Elliott, he's going to get his touches, he's going to get his carries, he's going to get his yards. It's just how much does he hurt you in in the run offense here? But with that, Maggie, I mean, what does what does Green Bay's defense need to do, like? minimum you need to do X amount in order to to put Green Bay in a position where the offense can keep up and do what they need to do and come away with a W this weekend? I mean, the big obvious low-hanging fruit here is that they need to stop Ezekiel Elliott from running up and down the field. Um, Right now, he has 73 carries for 324 yards and three touchdowns. He's averaging 4.4 yards per carry. Uh, which is really good. But outside of stopping the run, which again will be difficult, the Packers are pretty banged up on defense. They're missing Montrevious Adams, who was huge in that run game. I'll say they need to contain Dak Prescott. And uh, Tyron Smith being gone might help them do some of that. But Dak Prescott can make plays with his leg. I th- with his legs. I think one of the things you want this Dallas defense to have to do is to try and attack you through the air. Because if that happens... 
then this game is in the hands of the Packers secondary. So to me, forcing Dak Prescott to win the game with his legs or with his arm and not his legs is the goal. All right. Well, and uh, Maggie, I know Jacob, he had to run. Uh, I, everything's fine. He just had to, he had to split. He had to take care of some stuff at home here. So we're just finishing up the podcast here quickly uh, without him. So again, so Green Bay's defense this weekend really keep an eye on the run game I know it's something that a lot of people have pointed out but again let's also not overreact to one game was it a bummer to lose to Philadelphia absolutely but it's one game the the of the of the sample size that we have the sample says that the defense more often than not is going to be better than it is going to be bad so keep an eye on it you know it's it's one game but I think Green Bay, if they if they can shore up the run defense, and again, you're not going to be able to completely shut down Ezekiel Elliott, but if you can contain him and keep him to you know maybe maybe a hundred yards rushing, I mean for Ezekiel Elliott that'd probably be on the low end. So if you can keep him to that and not let him just run all over the field, I, the rest of this defense they they should be good. So again, all of this is really though it's. It's all a development. We don't know what to expect because it's, you know, rookie head coach, new players on defense, a lot of unknowns, and we can only go week by week. We've got four weeks, but again, I be optimistic about this defense. One game does not sum up an entire season. So uh, with that, guys, we're going to wrap up here uh, quickly. Maggie, if people want to follow you, follow your work, how can they do that? You can find me on Twitter at Maggie J. Loney, L-O-N-E-Y, and you can catch me writing for Cheesehead TV. You can follow Jacob Westendorf at Jacob Westendorf on Twitter. Uh, he also does some great work for multiple different uh, writing stuff that you'll be able to find on his Twitter. I don't know all of them off the top of my head, so I apologize there. But you can go to his Twitter. I know he posts all of that stuff there. He does some really great work uh, covering Packers news as well outside of the Pack of Day podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at uh, Sports Smitty. Uh, again, though, like Jacob says, um, not the greatest follow, but whatever. I'm I'm not offended by it. Uh, so, but uh, also make sure if you aren't doing this already, I've, I've been saying this for the last couple of weeks. I'm going to continue to say it. Make sure you're following the Pack a Day podcast on Twitter at Pack a Day Podcast. And if nothing else, please go follow Andy Herman, our founder, on Twitter. Uh, I believe he's uh, Maggie. I'm sorry. I don't know Andy's Twitter handle. Do you know it off the top of your head? Well, formerly Scotty sports is now Andy Herman NFL. Okay. I knew, I knew it had changed. So thank (laughs) you for being on the up and up with that. So make sure you go follow Andy Herman. He is so great. You will learn so much. You'll get such great Packers coverage from him. Um, Something that I am looking at almost every day on Twitter to see what's going on in the world of the Packers through uh, Andy Herman, our founder here at Packaday Podcast. So, and also make sure that you are liking and subscribing to the podcast on your favorite podcasting platform, wherever that might be. With that, thank you so much for listening, everyone. And as always, go Pack Go!
whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.